Well, good evening. Turn, if you would, tonight to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. First Corinthians 14. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer, but before we do, I just want to remind us of our teens and uh, the stouts who are at youth conference right now. And, uh, of course, it's Brother Chad and then Rachel. And then I want you to hear this, all right? Please give attention to this. Uh, we've got Haven and Jessica and Hannah and Leah by way of the four young ladies who are there. And then by way of the boys, we have Jake and Isaiah and Philip uh, by way of the boys who are there. And their service started at 7 o'clock, as did ours. Uh, they've still got a ways to go before the preaching begins because they have a lot of activity before the preaching gets started. But I would ask us tonight, as I lead us in a word of prayer, I would ask you to just pick out at least one of the names that I just mentioned of one of those kids and ask the Lord to speak to their heart tonight, either, uh, in, well, both tonight's service and tomorrow morning service. But uh, just, I don't care which one, but just whichever one the Lord would impress upon you to pray for tonight, just say a word of prayer as I'm praying and uh, ask the Lord to speak to their heart and that a spiritual victory could be achieved this evening in their lives, all right? So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we will get started. Father, it is good to be in your house tonight, and Lord, I am thankful uh, that we can be near to your heart, and Lord, I'm thankful that there is that safe place that we can come to, and God, I'm thankful uh, just for who you are in our lives, and Lord, I pray that you'd bless the effort to preach your word this evening to your people. God, I pray that you'd use it to help us in our walk with you, in our spirit, in our attitude as we just uh, handle ourselves as believers in everyday life. And Lord, as we come to you this evening, I do think of the kids who are at youth conference as well as Brother Chad and Rachel. And Lord, I know that they've already heard several sermons this week and they've already heard several Bible lessons. And God, tonight they sit there again this evening awaiting to hear from your word. And Lord, I'm sure that there are many who are tired and some who may have their minds on other things. But Lord, I'm asking you tonight to speak to our young people, that you would do a work in their lives, and Lord, that something great could be accomplished tonight and tomorrow and whatever would be presented to them. And we would thank you for that. And we pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think most of you remember that several weeks ago we were in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, and in being in chapter 12, you probably remember this, that the Apostle Paul dealt extensively with spiritual gifts and the fact that all believers are trusted or entrusted with certain spiritual gifts and all of them are important and all of them are significant, all of them serve a purpose. And then we came to chapter 13 and we watched as the Apostle Paul dealt with the subject of love and what true love looks like and how it's supposed to be manifest in the life of a believer. And then we came to chapter 14 and it was as though Paul resumed his talk or his writing about the subject of gifts and primarily on the subject or the gift of prophecy or declaring the Word of God. And what Paul made clear is this, is that prophesying or preaching, it is for the purpose and it is intended and it is designed to edify the believers and it has never been intended to edify the person who is doing the preaching or the declaration of the Word of God. And that stood in sharp contrast to the gift, so-called, as they were using it, 
the gift of tongues because he said that does nothing more than edify the person and does nothing to build up the individual or build up the body of believers. And so Paul has been dealing with that and he's trying, he's been trying to uh, remind them of things and correct them on some things. And so a couple of weeks ago, we looked at Paul's writing as to what a church service should look like, that there should be order to it, that it should have some structure to it, that it should have a sense of calm and peace associated with it, that it should not be out of control or wild or frenzied or anything of that nature. And then last week, we looked as Paul dealt with the lady's role in the church service. And Paul was not a chauvinist. He was not someone who had a thing against ladies. But he was just very clear that there is a particular role that ladies are supposed to serve in the church. And then uh, it wasn't a cultural thing. It wasn't a generational thing. It was just what was expected and what was to be required of a service that honored the Lord. And so we dealt with that last week. And, and I just want to say again, I know that times have changed, but the Word of God has not changed. And so it may not be popular. It may not be what everyone else is trending toward and beginning to adopt in their church services and in their church government. But I'm just saying, if we want to be biblical, if we want to be scriptural, then sometimes we have to go against the grain and we have to go against the trends and, and let people think whatever they choose to think. So that being said, tonight we're going to move on and we're going to uh, finish up chapter 14. As we do, I want us to think about something. I know I've mentioned this in the past, but it's just something that I could not get away from as I was preparing for the message, and so I want to share this with us again tonight. If it's too repetitive for you, I do apologize, but I want us to think about this truth that all of us have known people who were ignorant about certain things. We would agree with that, would we not? It's not an insult, it's not a criticism, it's not me being hard on people, uh, because I would have to be the first to admit that there are so many things in this life that I am ignorant to or ignorant of in relation to certain things. There are just so many things in life that if you were to quiz me, if you were to ask me certain questions about these things, I would say I have no idea what I'm talking about or I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just guessing. I'm just taking a shot in the dark. I have no idea. I'm, I'm ignorant. That doesn't mean I'm dumb. It doesn't mean that I am uneducated. It just means that I am unaware of certain information out there, and that would be true of all of us. I know that I've said this many, many times, but there is not anybody who knows everything about anything. We may know much. We may know a whole lot. But nobody knows everything about anything. So every one of us have limits in our understanding and in our knowledge. Now that being said, we also know this to be true, that there are some people who don't know what they're talking about, but that does not minimize their level of confidence when they talk about it. You ever known somebody like that? They don't know what they're talking about, but to hear them talk, you would think they did know everything about what it is you are discussing or what it is you are trying to, to talk about. And, and I don't know if you've ever been in situations like that. I suspect that most of us have. But you've probably noticed that 
when you're talking to someone like this, it's kind of hard to correct them and it's kind of hard to teach them anything because, again, well, shucks, they already know it all. I mean, what else could I possibly learn? What else could possibly be given to me that I have not already considered and that I don't already know? And so, I don't know if you've ever struggled with this, but have you ever wanted to just get the person? I'm glad one will admit it tonight. Yes, I mean, have you ever had those moments where you just thought, ooh, I got you now, only to say whatever it was you thought was really going to get them, and they just stood there unfazed like, ah, it doesn't bother me? Boy, it's frustrating, isn't it? It is annoying. It is maddening at times. Susie has said this to me many times, and I've been guilty of this before. That well after the conversation is done, we're saying, why didn't I say this? That would have got them. That would have shown them. That would have quieted them down. That would have shut them up. That would have convinced them. And the truth of the matter is this, it wouldn't have. No matter what we said, no matter what we showed them, no matter how we presented the information, it wasn't going to change their mind because they already know everything. So, in a situation like that, what do you have available to you? Well, you have two options. You can keep arguing and you can keep presenting information and just completely frustrate yourself. Or you can just shut up and move on. Right? You're wasting your time. You're just hitting your head against the wall, so to speak. So you can keep doing that if you want. Or you can just realize, nope, it's not worth it. I think I'll just shut up and move on and not waste any more time with this person. Now, why mention that and why have us think about that tonight? Well, this evening I want us to think about the believers in Corinth, all right? The believers in Corinth, here is what becomes fairly evident when we read through the Scripture, and that is this is that many of the believers, I will not say all, but many of the believers were very arrogant when it came to their spiritual lives and their spiritual walk with the Lord. They were men, and I guess, and I would assume it's safe to say that, that it was not just the men who had some arrogance in them. There were probably some ladies who had some arrogance about themselves and and, and as they had this arrogance, here's what it did. It revealed their ignorance. Because arrogance has a tendency to do such a thing, does it not? Humility many times will hide or put a cloak over a person's ignorance. But when a person is arrogant, the problem with their arrogance is this, is they don't then know when to be quiet So therefore, they just continue to talk, they just continue to spew whatever it is they want to say, and it is because of their arrogance that their ignorance is revealed. And so what we have seen as we have gone throughout this letter is this, because of their arrogance, their ignorance over and over and over again as it related to the truth of God's Word, their ignorance was revealed and made known The sad thing is, is most of them apparently were not able to realize it or able to see it for what it was. 
Now, to try to support what it is I'm sharing with you, I want us to look tonight in verse number 36. All right, in verse number 36, here is the Apostle Paul. He is writing to them, and he's going to be fairly blunt in his words now. And he says this, What? That's a question, right? What? Came the word of God out from you? Did the word of God come out from you? What does this statement mean and what does this question mean that the Apostle Paul poses to these believers in Corinth? Well, the overall idea would be this. Is it from you that the word of God has gone out to other individuals, to other people, to other nations, or to other cities, or to other groups? And the answer is abundantly clear that the Word of God did not go out from them. Would you agree with this? Somebody says, well, how is that abundantly clear? Okay, well, some of their immaturity and their ignorance ignorance was revealed in, in what fashion? Well, it was revealed in their division and their schisms and their factions related to who the greatest spiritual leaders were. You remember, I've said this so many times. Some said, well, I'm of Paul. Others said, I'm of Apollos. Others said, I am of Cephas. And others said that they were of Christ. Okay, In their division and in their factions alone, it made clear that they had not been the ones used by God to send forth the word to others, but they had been nothing more than the recipients of the word of God. Now, this is important for this reason, because they were arrogant, So they needed to be reminded, hey, listen, guys, you have not exactly been the mouthpiece of the Word of God for others. Rather, just the opposite, you have been the recipients of the Word of God. And so they needed to keep that in mind there in Corinth. But after that, he said, what came the Word of God out from you or came it unto you only? Did the Word of God come specially delivered for you? Hey, believers in Corinth, is it that that you have received some special kind of revelation that has not been given to anyone else? Well, Paul's already addressed that subject as well. How do we know? Well, back in verse number 33, he said this, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. What he said in verse number 33 is this, is that God has a pattern for all the churches and for all the saints to follow. This is how it's supposed to be for all of them. And so it's abundantly clear once more that God had not spoken to them and given them some kind of special revelation that he had not given to some other church or some other body of believers. So we've got these believers in Corinth, and what are they? Well, they're arrogant, and their arrogance is revealing their ignorance. And so as Paul is addressing this, again, he confronts them and says, Did the word of God come out of you or from you? Well, the answer to that is no. Or came it unto you only? Well, the answer to that also is no. So notice what he said in verse number 37. If any man think himself. What does it mean for a person to think himself, a man or a woman? Well, it means to suppose or to reckon or to be of this opinion. So he said, if any man think or suppose or reckon or be of the opinion to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. 
What is Paul saying? Well, again, fairly simple, fairly clear, but he is saying to them, all right, believers in Corinth, if you think you are of prophet status, if you think that you are a mouthpiece of God, if that is believe, if that is what you believe is your position in the church, or if you believe that you are spiritual, that, that you think in a spiritual fashion, in a spiritual manner, or on a spiritual plane, then here is what you must acknowledge, that what I have written unto you, that these things are the commandments of the Lord." What's Paul doing? Well, first of all, he is asserting his apostolic authority. I know that this could be construed wrong and, and it could be perceived incorrectly by people in the church, you know, as, as who does Paul think he is and what makes Paul think he is the authority on this? Well, Paul would say, I, I've got the authority of God in my life, and, and he wasn't afraid to exercise it. So as he exerts his apostolic authority in the believer's lives right now in writing this letter, here's what he is saying. He is saying this, listen, if you are truly a person of God, if you are truly spiritual, then here is what you have to recognize, and here is what you must admit is that I am right. Not because it was him, but because Paul knew without a doubt that he was an apostle and an ambassador and a mouthpiece of God himself. All right? So as he exerts this, he is just confronting them. As he exerts his authority, he is saying, listen, if you are what you think you are, then you have to come to the same conclusion I have come to. Paul, you're so arrogant. No, it's not that at all. It's just Paul knew who he was. So if you look then in verse number 38, Paul makes a statement. But if any man be ignorant, but if any man be ignorant, well, what does it mean to be ignorant? Well, it means to not know something or to lack understanding. To not know something or to lack understanding. Now, again, you and I could say this, everyone is ignorant about certain things in life, right? Okay, so you might look at this and you may say, okay, well, here's what the Apostle Paul is doing, is he is talking to people who, who may be lacking some understanding or they don't know some certain things. And while that may be true to an extent... Here was the problem with the believers in Corinth. It was not that they lacked understanding. It was not that they had not been exposed to certain truths and to certain Bible knowledge. But what the problem with the believers in Corinth was, was this, is that they chose to remain ignorant in light of what they had already been given by way of doctrine and by way of biblical or scriptural truth. All right? So whenever Paul talks about if a man would be ignorant, all right, if any man would be ignorant, he's not talking about the person who has never been confronted with a, a certain amount of information or a certain amount of material in a particular subject. But what he is talking about is the person who chooses to remain ignorant about certain subjects or certain truths, which in this context would be of a spiritual nature. 
So you've got people in the church, and they are willfully ignorant. They're not going to be taught anything. You're not going to be able to tell them anything. And that is why the church is in the mess that it's in. And so notice what he said next in verse number 38. He said, but if a man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. What is Paul saying? What is Paul suggesting? What is Paul implying? Is he suggesting that if a person wants to be ignorant, just let him be ignorant? If a person is going to lack knowledge, just let him lack knowledge? Well, it could, you know, it could seem to suggest that, and, and, and in a way it might seem to justify it. But it's interesting, this word ignorant also, and, and, and I know this is fairly basic and why I've never really thought of this or, or noticed it before, kind of is embarrassing, but nonetheless, did you realize that ignorant in that is the word ignore see you're like uh, yeah I knew that whenever I was a third grader okay I didn't know that okay until doing some study this week all right so the word ignorant has in it the idea of ignoring and so part of their ignorance was the result of them ignoring what they had already been given and what they'd already been presented with by way of truth. And so here's what Paul said, that if any man be ignorant or will ignore, then let him be ignorant or ignore the individual who chooses a life of ignorance for themselves. It's kind of like the person that you've tried talking to before that you've tried sharing things with before, that you've tried correcting, that you've tried teaching, and all they're going to do is ignore you, and in ignoring you, they remain in their ignorance. So at that point, you've got to decide, do I continue to argue with them and them ignore me, or do I ignore them? Paul gives you the answer. Paul gives me the answer. He said, listen, if someone is going to choose to be ignorant because they choose to ignore, then here is what you do. You ignore them. Let them be ignorant. Don't waste your time on them. Don't don't give all your attention to them. And then in verse 39, he goes on to say this, and we're just going to look at this real quickly. He said, Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. So he said, listen, where tongues is legitimate and where tongues is real and actual, according to the rules that have already been given, do not forbid it. Covet prophesying, because that's what edifies. And then in verse number 40, he reminds us of what he said basically up in verse 32, uh, 33, uh, where it was. And he said, let all things be done decently and in order. So he emphasizes once again the need for things to be done in a proper fashion. Now, obviously tonight, what I want us to think about comes from verse number 38, where Paul said, if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Why is that important? It is important for this reason. If you think about church life some 2,000 years ago, and you think about church life today, many things have not changed. In fact, many things remain the same. All right? 
Now, I, I want to be very clear on this, all right? I want to be very, very clear on this. I don't, want to, I don't want to lead anybody astray in your thoughts, so hear me out on this, all right? When it comes to biblical truth, when it comes to biblical knowledge, when it comes to biblical understanding, there is not one person who has got all the answers to anything related to the Scripture, all right? Every one of us possess a certain measure of ignorance related to the Word of God. So I'm ignorant of certain things contained in the Scripture, and you are ignorant of certain things contained in the Scripture. There is not one of us who can go to every passage in the Scripture and say, oh yeah, I know what that means. Every one of us are going to be stumped at times. Okay, there is nothing wrong with that. In fact, I'll just say it like this. It is quite refreshing when you hear people admit they don't understand everything. It, it is very refreshing to hear people say things like this. Man, I was reading the other day and I have no idea what the Word of God was trying to say. I, I was listening the other day and, and, and what you said, it didn't quite make sense. And, and could you explain that? Could you tell me what you were talking about? Listen, there, there is something refreshing about men and women of God admitting they don't know everything for this reason. 2,000 years after the fact, there is still a measure of arrogance found within churches. And we don't have to get excited about that tonight, but we can at least acknowledge that there is some arrogance in churches today, even among our own ranks. Okay, and what does that arrogance do? That, that arrogance causes men and women, though they don't know everything, to oftentimes act like they know everything. So it's kind of like this. Well, you can never teach them anything. <laughs> they already knew that. You, you can't say anything that, that they hadn't already figured out. No matter what's presented, they already knew it. I, I'm just... I'm going to be transparent with you for just a minute, okay? There have been times I've gone to meetings, and, and I'm not the one doing the preaching. In fact, usually whenever I go to a meeting, I'm not the one doing the preaching, okay? There have been many, many times I have heard preachers preach things that I have never heard before. And as a result, I don't have the nerve to sit there and amen it like I've known that all my life. Does this make sense? And yet, it's amazing to me the number of people, again, within our own ranks, who would act like, oh yeah, I've known that all my life, and I'm sitting there, I'm just going to be honest with you, I'm thinking to myself, no, you didn't, you liar. I've heard you talk, I know how deep you are. You've never thought of that one time. Of some preachers, I want to say, I've heard you preach before. You don't go that deep. 
but see, kind of like what was true in the church of Corinth, it still seems to be true and it still seems to be a problem in our churches today where there is a measure of arrogance where we know we don't know everything, but we try to give off the, the air that we know everything. We try to give off the perception that, that we've already grasped that, we've already got that, we, we already understand that. And really, so many times people sit through church services like there is nothing else for them to learn or be reminded of. And you know what the arrogance does? It's kind of like the believers in Corinth. The arrogance actually reveals the ignorance. It just manifests it. It it just makes it known. It's like it shines a bright spotlight on it. You think you know everything when in reality this arrogant attitude is doing nothing more than revealing the ignorance that you possess in light of spiritual truth. Now to stay with the text, I I want us to understand this. I want us to see this and I want us to think about it. Many times, the ignorance that people possess because of their arrogance, it is an ignorance that is willful because they are too proud to admit that they don't already know, that they don't already have the answers, and that they're not already there and their spiritual lives. And so as a result, here's what I've discovered, you know, at times, in dealing with certain people, to try to deal with them any further as it relates to whatever subject you want to talk about, I might as well just go hit my head on the wall. Just makes sense. <laughs> you know better, but your pride and your arrogance is keeping you from doing what you know to be right. And I can talk to you, and I can show it to you, and I can explain it to you, and I can use every one of my little gotcha phrases. But at the end of the conversation, I would be just as well off if I had just ran my head into the wall and just said, ouch. So what do I need to do? Well, I need to take the advice of the Apostle Paul and say this. If somebody is going to be ignorant, then you know what I need to let them be? I need to let them be ignorant. And in doing so, I just need to ignore them and their ignorance because I'm not going to accomplish anything by trying to continue to convince them to do what they know they ought to be doing, but they're too proud to admit it and change anything. If a person is ignorant and they choose to be ignorant, if they're going to ignore 
then just ignore them because you're not going to help someone who refuses to be helped. That is so hard to remember. And it is so hard to apply. But Paul is just reiterating what is found in other portions of Scripture. Don't waste your time on people who aren't going to hear you anyways. Now this evening, all that being said, I want to change this up just a little bit. And I want us to think about something that we may not want to think about, but we need to think about. And that is this. Sometimes we can be the arrogant one. Now, I say that for this reason. See, whenever I was talking about those arrogant people, probably some of you were thinking about certain people. Oh, yeah, I know they're arrogant. And their arrogance reveals their ignorance, right? You probably, if, I, if I'm just you know, speculating and assuming to an extent, if you're anything like me, you weren't sitting there thinking to yourself, man, do I struggle with this sometimes. Because that's not how we tend to think, and that's not how we tend to approach the subject. We know other people who are arrogant and how it reveals their ignorance and how we need to just stop messing with them and just let them be ignorant and ignore them because we're not going to teach them anything. But I wonder how many times it is us who is ignorant. And our arrogance reveals it. And I wonder how many times it is us who needs to be ignored by certain people, at least in certain areas of our lives, because they have come to the conclusion that no matter what they would say to us, we're going to be too arrogant to hear it. Some time back, some things were brought to my attention. And you know what my flesh said? Uh-uh. Not me. You're wrong. I'm not guilty of that. I don't do that. No, no, maybe that's true of other people, but it's not true of me. Did you know that my arrogance immediately flared up when someone confronted me on something? That may be true of everyone else, but I'll guarantee you that's not true of me. You know what's been really frustrating about that whole encounter? I've not been able to get away from some of it. Now, some of it I've been able to dismiss and just say, ah, crazy, whatever. And I'm not even a bit worried about that. But there have been other parts of it where I've wanted to dismiss it. But if I'm going to be honest, I can't. So in that situation and in a scenario like that, here's what I've got to decide. 
Am I going to willfully choose to remain in my ignorance? Or am I willing to admit there's something for me to learn in this? You understand this, right? Hey, listen, if I'm going to be as spiritual as I think I am, if I'm going to have this gift of prophecy like I want to think that I do, okay, if I'm going to be as spiritual as I think I am, then I've got to be willing to admit that what was said right there actually had a lot more truth to it than I cared to admit. And I'm just telling you that's not what my flesh wants to do. And your flesh is no different than mine. Whenever you're confronted, whenever you're challenged, I'm telling you, our flesh wants to rise up and say, no, 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 not me, not me, not guilty, someone else. But that's not my problem. That's not my struggle. That's not my weakness. And listen, we can choose to remain ignorant by ignoring what we've been confronted with. But if we choose to stay ignorant by ignoring what we've been confronted with, then at that moment, you know what we need to be by those who care about us, at least in that area? We need to be ignored because we've reached that stage where we can't be taught anything, at least in that area of life. I'm just asking us tonight to consider this thought, to consider this idea. See if there might be any merit to it in your life whatsoever. Are there certain areas where you have chosen to remain ignorant by ignoring what you know in your heart of hearts is really true and really right? Is there any area in your life where arrogance and pride has stepped in to such an extent that you want to say, nope, nope, not me, not me, uh-uh, nope, already got it all figured out, nope, uh, that's not my problem. Is there any area in your life where arrogance is keeping you ignorant because you choose to ignore and you cannot be told anything now in that area of life? Well, if anything comes to mind, if the Lord should bring anything to, to your remembrance right now, I would just say this. Well, you need to ask the Lord to change your heart on that. To change your spirit on that. Because until we are willing to humble ourselves and until we are willing to to admit, you know what, I, I, I don't have all the answers and I'm not perfect and, and I don't have everything together in every area of my life, until we are willing to admit that and until we are willing to stop defending whatever sin that it is or struggle it may be, we just need to be ignored because we're the ones who is too proud to have anything said to us. I don't know if this is making sense, if this is being communicated clearly. I know what's on my heart, and I hope it's coming out properly tonight. But I just want to say this. Don't let arrogance reveal the ignorance because we choose to ignore the truth of God's Word. That is exactly what the believers of Corinth had done. And Paul said, listen, if they're going to, if they're going to be ignorant, then just let them be ignorant. Don't waste your time on them. 
and, and I'm just saying, we don't want to be the people like the people that bug us to no end. Is there any area where arrogance has stepped in and it's revealing the ignorance that we've chosen? Let's all stand tonight and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, we come to you this evening. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be men and women tonight who would be willing to allow ourselves to be confronted, who would allow ourselves to be challenged, that we would not always have this spirit of arrogance, that we would not have a, a spirit that refuses to be confronted or challenged. God, would you help us tonight to, to realize that if we choose to ignore your word, if we choose to remain in ignorance, we can do that, but there are consequences to it. So I pray that you'd bless the invitation now, that you'd speak to hearts however you'd see fit. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.